What's up, everybody? This week, we talk Gina Rodriguez, we talk the NBA Hong Kong scandal, Cuba Gooding Jr., and nothing compares to our main topic when Steph tells us the story of the icon Sinead O'Connor. Stay tuned. What up, fam? Feels good, right? Good, right? <laughs> yeah, I know it, dude. Yeah. I know it, dude. And without further ado, we broadcast live from CA to Did you see that thing I tweeted today, the Nicole Brown Simpson movie? No. It's. Woo! Really? It, it's like a reimagining. A reimagining? It's. Oh my God. First of all, there are some wigs in that movie that don't need to exist. Oh. Uh, what, what's her name from Orange is the New Black and also from Crossroads? Pensatucky. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Taryn, Taryn, Taryn Manning. I know who you're talking she, about. She she plays Faye Resnick. Oh, interesting. <laughs> Mina Suvari plays Nicole Brown Simpson. Oh, okay. Some other bitch in a bad wig plays Chris, Chris Jenner. Jenner. Yeah, but they have her listed. Her character is Chris Kardashian because she was obviously still Kardashian back then. Wow. And it's like, what if a serial killer actually killed Nicole Brown? No. May it's, it's something you That's have to up. watch it. The trailer is like insane. Is it going to be on Lifetime or something? No, it's like a real theatrical <laughs> movie. But it makes you. It looks like it should be on life. Not even on Lifetime proper, like on Lifetime Movie Network. That's amazing. <laughs> I wonder if this one makes the cut for, with Scorsese and like <laughs> yo being actual cinema. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what else is funny? Did, I didn't get a chance to watch the debate because I wasn't home. Oh, I didn't watch it either because I've, I've been prepping for trial. But Rosario Dawson. What about her? She is all up, like, because, you know, she's dating Cory Booker. Uh-huh. She's, like, all up. Like, he's he's doing his little interviews post-debate and stuff. She's, like, in the background <laughs> go, going like this, like, getting her screen time, making That's sure her angles smart. are That's good. That's just smart on behalf of Cory Booker's team. That's just smart. <laughs> They kissing all up on the red carpets and shit. I'm like, you guys. I mean, May, because look who's president <laughs> right now, you know? Like, uh, maybe. It's a I, it's a vibe. <laughs> I mean, I'm down for Rosario to be our second lady. That would be dope. That would be so dope. Her, <laughs> like, traveling around the world, like, speaking at the UN and shit. That, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm for that. That's me too. cool. Me too, me too. But I see you, girl, trying to get your screen time. <laughs> <laughs> good for her she's in between movies right now she's gotta get it in somehow (laughs) have you been watching 90 day before the 90 days hell yeah yeah okay because i heard this fucking rumor and i was like gonna text you because we always talk about it just in text and i was like let me just save it for the podcast because we'd be fucking saying some real serious shit (laughs) in the hot topics so i heard a rumor that caesar you know caesar Uh uh homeboy who is what's this chick's name maria from from Ukraine. The Ukraine? Okay. Uh-huh. That he's actually in on the fakeness of his relationship because he just wants to be an actor. I've I've heard that, yeah. Really? I was like, yeah. tell me why I this whole time have been thinking this motherfucker's getting played and he's playing us? Excuse <laughs> me, Caesar? You are not as dumb as you seem. I mean, maybe, but also there was a picture he got exposed, like, he, uh, I guess it was like a Facebook post or something that he made a couple years back. And it's him sort of like 
shirtless, not shirtless, but with an open shirt, bare chest with like sunglasses on in his nail salon. Cause remember he worked at the nail shop Yeah, and it's like trying to look all sexy and shit. And it says something like, Oh, that's why I, like, I don't fuck with black bitches. Just <gasps> so you guys know it's like vanilla for me all day or day. Oh no. And so I kind of like, I know what the fuck he's about. Yeah. So I kind of have like just tried to ignore his storyline, even though it is pathetic. No, his storyline <laughs> is real sad. <laughs> so I also think like if you're okay, maybe you're trying to be an actor, but why this storyline though? Yeah. Like, like how is this like, going to play you in a yeah. positive light where you're mm-hmm. going to get work after this? Right. Yeah. I don't know. Anyways, I thought that was interesting. Hell yeah. Every day, everything about 90 Day Fiance is oh, interesting. Don't even get me started on that shit. We could have a whole ass side podcast all about 90 no. Day Fiance and all the spinoffs. I'm actually listening to a podcast called 90 Day Fiance Cray Cray. What? <laughs> and they have like, they got me into some deep internet holes, some like Instagram holes where I'm following like different accounts and shit. Yeah. Because some of the cast members talk to different accounts and spill like tiny bits of tea. Right and dude i follow darcy like fucking oh that (laughs) like she's my side bitch or something like i'm all up on her shit that's my girl darcy yeah i fuck with darcy i fuck with darcy and all her fucking (laughs) fake louis vuittons well uh anyway they uh 90 day fiance cray cray is a good podcast if you guys are into 90 day fiance tea hell yeah how do we get on that (laughs) yeah true speaking of 90 day fiance i've been wanting to post this on our instagram but i like keep somewhat keep forgetting but i was having a really really bad week a few weeks ago and may did the really nicest thing i anybody has ever done for me (laughs) (laughs) was she got somebody from 90 day fiance to give me a message so i'm gonna post it on our instagram look out for that shit and remind me if i don't post it (laughs) (laughs) yeah it was i feel like uh I'm not I'm not gonna pat myself on the back. I was gonna say, yeah, it was sweet, but no, it, it was. I wasn't talking about I was gonna say not about me, but she was really sweet. She is really sweet. It's Jenny. It's Jenny and oh, yeah, from yeah. Jenny and Sumit. Yeah. Sum, Summit? How does she Summit. say his name? Summit, yeah. Yeah. But she was really, really sweet about it. So shout out to Jenny. Yeah. I said you to my, my brother right, Darcy. right away. He was like, Hey, I had a bad week too. Tell me to <laughs> get me a shout out. <laughs> yeah oh fuck i would love oh i'm gonna look that up how much i'm gonna get darcy to darcy. Give you a shout out. <laughs> <laughs> tell darcy to buy me something from Taobao. <laughs> <laughs> she knows she got discounts with angie and shit uh, all right so you guys you guys know what motherfucking time it is you know we have to talk about miss gina rodriguez gina rodriguez <sighs> Making it look bad for everybody whose last name ends with a Z. (laughs) (laughs) Why does she do that? I don't know. So, okay, you want to explain what happened just in case people don't know? Okay, so this week, Gina Rodriguez, you guys know her, Jane the Virgin. Yeah. Is that all she's in? Oh, Miss Bala. I forgot about that. Yeah. Did you see that? No, my brother did, though. I didn't see it, but I saw the commercial. I was like, no, yeah, thank that's you. about enough. <laughs> like, you get the gist of it, you know? Right. Because was it, uh, Zoe Saldana was in something very similar that looked better. Yes. Colombiana, right? Yes. I think that, yeah. I didn't see that either, but I <laughs> would see that. <laughs> anyway, so Gina Rodriguez, who has a, a history of kind of sketchy anti black comments, we'll get into it in a second. I, we might have even talked about it before. 
But this week she took to her Instagram and posted a video of herself singing along to the Fugees and specifically to the one utterance of the N-word. Seriously, like she they never say it. They never say it. So she said, I could do what you do. Easy. easy believe me. Frontin' blank. And then she said it. Give me heebie-jeebies. And she chose that of like every single Fuji lyric that she could have possibly sung along to, to sing along to on her Instagram. She laughed about it in the video. Yeah. Like, oh, look what I said. Yeah. And then, post- and then posted that shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it was... Like, it would be ridiculous if it were anyone, but specifically her, because she has this history. Yeah. Also very disappointed. Honestly, I'm super disappointed because she's a Latinx artist person. I feel like people have... uh, I wanted to give her the benefit of the doubt. This is like... I'm, I'm talking about like two years ago at this point, because I thought that she had kind of like put her foot in her mouth a few times and I and people were calling her anti-black and I kind of like felt for her. I was like, she's not necessarily anti-black. I thought At she was she... just saying what she was trying to say the wrong way. Yes. Right? Yes, exactly. Exactly that. She says things that she doesn't realize are bad that in her heart of hearts, I, I used to think, okay, well, she's not anti-black. She just doesn't know better. And yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Maybe if she if she listens to the criticism, she might be like, "Oh shit!" Yeah, like learn from it, grow. Right. Yeah, but But then it then so the first I saw somebody just like really succinctly said a few of the incidents. Like the first thing was during it was like the week Black Panther came out. Right. She said she tweeted, "Marvel and DC are killing it in inclusion and women, but where are the Latinos asking for a friend?" Right. Which is like, can we let? Can we let them have what this movie? Sunshine? Yeah. For like, like, do a we second? need to? I, it, th- this happens within, like, I don't want to say subcultures, but like people of color and, like, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes within like the LGBTQ community. Yeah. Um, where like one sub portion mm-hmm. will kind of like turn on the other sub portion. Yeah. Famously, this happened with the women's rights and civil rights movement that, like, oh, sure. women mm-hmm. wanted the right to vote. Black people wanted the right to vote. When black people got the right to vote, they didn't give a fuck about the women, and uh-huh. and the other way around too. Right, you know, right. and so like that kind of happens, and and that's bad. <laughs> <laughs> so so because when white did- people look at us and they're like they're fighting, they're fighting. <laughs> the girls are fighting. <laughs> so she did that, and I kind of like, and people jumped out her throat, and that's when I felt for her. I was kind of like, oh, she, that seems like. That's an honest mistake, sort of, but yeah. learn, so- le- learn something fr- from this girl. And also, there's sort of, like, erasure there because Tessa Thompson is Afro-Latinx. And so um, is uh, Lupita and Nyong'o. And Zoe Saldana. Yeah. And it's, like, so she's kind of, like, there's some erasure there, which that's that's another problem. Uh-huh. And then <laughs> And then later that year, she posted, she, like, I guess, helped to organize a a lunch with Latinas in Hollywood. Okay. And she posted a picture of it with the hashtag fiercely with the with the caption fiercely latina hashtag latina power. Guess who was not included in that luncheon? No Afro Latinx whatsoever at all. Oh my god. 
so that was like kind of like a strike two for me where I was like, girl, you got a blind spot. But we all have blind spots. Right, right, right. But once you again, know? learn from it, grow from it. Right. So that's when kind of I had given her the benefit of the doubt. But then I was kind of like, oh, girl, if you don't learn like now, then I can't keep giving you the benefit of the doubt. And like you are not just like symptomatic of the problem. You're part of the problem. Yeah, definitely. And so, so, so why, then why say the N word <laughs> then in 2018, when this was like the incident that blew up when she was doing an interview with uh, Yara Shahidi and the interviewer said something to Yara about like, you're such an, inf- an inspiration for young black women. And Gina like butted in and was like, no, for women. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> then i was kind of like oh girl you got a problem yeah oh my gosh and then famously in response to that earlier this year she was on sway's show and i think this is what we talked about on the podcast and she was crying on his show because people were uh calling her anti-black oh yeah 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 and she, she was is. like, <laughs> and she was like, but I'm, but I am Puerto Rican, and we're we're black, and and my and my dad's dark skinned, and her dad is not dark skinned by the way, but <laughs> but she was like, but my dad is dark skinned, and I'm I'm a part of this community, and for people to say that I'm not a part of this community, it was kind of like very fake yeah i'm the victim yeah Yeah. playing the victim so then people rightfully i think were like calm down just you just need to fix the problem that you have also just let's say all that stuff is true you could be a self-hating afro-latina true you know (laughs) do you not know that that exists gina rodriguez in conclusion you dumb (laughs) (laughs) so why does a person with this history do this because she doesn't give a fuck she doesn't she doesn't care she doesn't care about the black community clearly Mm -hmm. you know she's not on their side she only cares about like her singular issues or whatever and she doesn't she obviously doesn't think afro latinas are latinas or exist yeah Yeah. maybe she just doesn't believe that they exist right uh and then that little clip went viral of her in like film school where she also says the n-word in a and she said it with her chest yeah it says it in like black scent it's like very very rude so she apologized oh god twice now twice the first apology was it was such bullshit like passive i'm apologize it's like sorry that you're sorry sorry that you're upset basically like it's it's all our problem yeah she doesn't know what the fuck she's talking about and she didn't even apologize for the use of the word she said i'm sorry for singing along to the fujis i know which i hate that because i do see a lot of people use that as an excuse like oh well Mm -hmm. it's part of the song or whatever but so what that doesn't mean you could Mm -hmm. say it you could you could memorize a song without memorizing that word and you will never say it or you could do what i do which is use the word homie as a placeholder (laughs) it's gender neutral nobody's gonna get mad at you true and it has the same amount of syllables (laughs) (laughs) and whenever something like this happens we have so many people jumping all over the internet saying but i don't understand why i can't say but what is there okay if you don't understand by now why can't you just use your own humanity to say oh i guess this group of people doesn't want me to say it guess what even if i don't understand i'm I'm just not gonna say it right (laughs) i saw this tweet going viral too where this um black guy was like black people don't Black people aren't out here fighting to use uh, slurs against, you know, like 
spick yeah. or whatever the mm-hmm. fuck. Mm-hmm. That's the only one I'm comfortable saying. <laughs> <laughs> or like Asian slurs or right. gay slurs, you know? Yeah. Like they don't, they're not out here like trying to justify how they could use those slurs. Why are we trying to justify why we could use that fucking slur? And then there was like this other, and this is why I don't use the word because I think that I could probably. I mean, use it if I wanted to. Not, but it's also not in like, because we're not from here, you know, I didn't grow up. Nobody in my family like uses it or anything. It wasn't like in my culture. It's just not a habit that I had. Right. But there was like this big discourse about like, why can Cardi B say it? Right. Or or um, J-Lo, which is like an old. Oh, that's a whole other problem. <laughs> or uh, is, is it Deezus or Mero that's Dominican? Mero. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Which I also don't think that's okay. I mean, I know they get away with mm. it, but I just yeah. don't don't do it. <laughs> but I think it's a very American thing. Like it's something that you pick up here, right? You know, and especially like over there in New York, right, and not right. to justify it, yeah. but it's just like it's it becomes a part of your culture in a way, right? Right? right. Whereas Gina has Gina. Where are you from, <laughs> Gina? Gina Hills. <laughs> <laughs> It's just, this is like infuriating that I feel like this happens. This is like the blackface thing. It is, yeah. Why do we have to keep having this, this conversation? conversation over and over again? I'm so disappointed that she's a woman and that she's Latina. Yes. And <laughs> it made, that you she, make it us all look bad, you know? And that she's like, she takes it upon herself to be this activist, to be, you know, all loud about shit. Right. But when only she has... when it's convenient for her or what? Mm-hmm. That's not okay. We need to be on the side of. All people who are... All oppressed people. Yeah, all oppressed peoples, always. Which, speaking of that, that's a good segue into our second hot topic. Uh, <laughs> LeBron James. LeBron James. King James, who, I mean, if you guys listen to the podcast... We've, we're fans. We're fans. I mean, look at the good that he's doing in in Ohio with his school, mm-hmm. with the charities that, that he endorses and donates to with the black lives matter movement Mm -hmm. speaking up against the injustices of the government currently you know speaking up against the president right speaking out against so so the nba to promote this season was sent a few teams over to china to play some games while they were in china the one of the general managers of uh nba team the houston rockets tweeted something that was a it was a tweet in solidarity with the hong kong protesters who are entrenched in a lot of protests right now like for crazy protests not like yeah this isn't like people aren't singing songs and shit yeah this this isn't like a parade protest this isn't like the women's march this is like serious very very serious dangerous protesting tear gas riot gear people are being killed so uh, people in Hong Kong are protesting. First, it started out in protest of uh, they they had like they were trying to pass an extradition treaty. Yeah. Fugitive and, Offenders Amendment Bill. Right. Which, if you know, China is one of the, the most oppressive regimes and violators of civil rights in the world. Right. They, if you're convicted of a crime in China, you're like, good luck to you yeah. because we we might not ever see you again. Right. And they have something like a 99.8% conviction rate. So if they want you to go away, you're fucking going away. Yes. Which, as you can imagine, could be dangerous from someone, let's say, who's extradited from Hong Kong for uh, what what's claimed to be a crime in China. Right. 
So they started protesting for that, and it's become just a larger protest in general for their rights against the Chinese regime. Right. They want democratic reforms. They just, yeah. you know, it's just turned into this larger movement, which good for them. Good for them. Yeah. So the NBA, as you can imagine, has a lot of vested interests in China. Obviously. A lot of money tied up over there. Of and course. as soon as the ex- the Houston Rockets executive tweeted that china got up in arms and they were like what the fuck yeah you're we're gonna cancel you're not gonna broadcast any games over here for the preseason um they started like pulling a lot of the nba merch from wherever it's sold in china it was like a big ass thing right so the nba i guess behind closed doors asked him to take down the tweet and he did Uh uh-huh and he kind of walked it back right but then people started asking players and coaches so what do you guys think about it yeah like where do you stand basically right and first steve kerr who we also usually love and who's also very eloquent about these sort of things said i'm not going to speak about it because i don't know anything about it oh demi lovato (laughs) (laughs) which i could kind of okay i can respect that but then like when they ask you about it again like maybe haven't you looked it up by now right quick google search my dude also, his brother-in-law, no. his his wife's brother, no. is a professor of Asian American studies. Oh, my God. So it's like, talk to your brother-in-law, you know, <laughs> at like Berkeley or some shit. Oh, like, my God. I just thought you were going to say she's Chinese or something. No, <laughs> That's no. That's so, crazy. So like the media was like, you haven't talked to your brother-in-law? <laughs> anyway, so Steve Kerr who's very vocal on a lot of issues mm-hmm. kind of stayed away from this one mm-hmm. and then finally they came to king james lebron james and he said instead of standing in solidarity with hong kong and with the protesters there he said maybe there are some things that we shouldn't speak on oh no this is such a disappointment because it's somebody who's been so vocal about different Mm -hmm. oppression about human rights about justice and Mm -hmm. until it affects your bad i know that's super shady (sighs) my dude you're so shady it kind of puts you in the camp of like the jay-z yes yeah it's really really disappointing And then he said something like he was criticizing the Houston Rockets executive and said um, it was a bad look on his part because he's putting our like players at risk. He's putting like our money at risk, basically, is what he was saying. Right. Which is even shittier because like it's like you're putting it out. So you're like acknowledging (laughs) that. Yeah. That's why you don't want to comment on this. That's fucked up. It's so fucked up. I hate hate this so much. I know. Me too. Yeah. It's really, really disappointing. It's. Especially because it's so hard for the protesters out in Hong Kong, right? Like, they need solidarity. They need support from all of us. And Mm -hmm. they don't have it. So then did you see that the protesters marched with American flags? They did? Yeah. Wow. I know. That's so sad. I just... We're this is we're really privileged, and it's really privileged to be able to say like, "Oh, I'm not going to comment on that because it doesn't affect true. you or whatever the fuck." But you can't. Yeah, humanity is not up for debate. Like, <laughs> yeah, we have to just stand by them and support them any which way you can. Like, if it if all it is is just saying something, if that's all we could do from here, then why not fucking say it? Yeah, what are they going to do? You have so much mm-hmm. money, like you don't need <laughs> it anymore. 
And this is another example, like Gina Rodriguez. Are you only worried about yourself? Exactly. Because, like, if you're only going to talk about Black Lives Matter, mm-hmm. then, like, why should other groups support that movement? Exactly. If it's, you're not going to give reciprocal support to people when they need it. In other movements that maybe you're not a part of or don't directly yeah. affect you. And this is so easy. It it's is like, so easy. <laughs> it's like they're marching for, for basic civil rights for human rights. Right. It's like that. this is almost like it shouldn't be up for a debate. No. What is there? <laughs> what is there to debate? Right. Uh, I'm just so disappointed. Me too. That's a really, really, really tough one. At least he didn't rape anybody. Kobe Bryant. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of sexual assault, Cuba Gooding Jr. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> all these uh, topics are so intense. It's it's that time of year. It's the most wonderful problematic time. time. Oh, shit. I was going <laughs> to text you this. There's a Wikipedia. You know how there's like different Wikipedias for like, fa- like fandom and stuff. Oh, there's yeah. Like, it'll like Murderpedia or yeah. like Officepedia. Or- yes. I found one called Encyclopedia Problematica. <gasps> may oh my god it's, and i feel like it's a treasure trove of stuff for this podcast i want to go to there <laughs> i would go to like the museum of drama and it's just a bunch of fucking like pictures Yo. and like i don't know artifacts of dramatic events dude we should do culture. one of those what one of those pop-up museums <laughs> we would have to put together a bunch of money to get a bunch of shit but yeah yeah where they we could get like those old wax figures from like those shitty like fucking <laughs> hollywood boulevard wax museums yeah like the ones have, that like, are like sent off to these other b-list museums because yeah. they're whack yeah and have like uh brad pitt angelina and jennifer aniston yeah fucking peewee in a movie theater with some movie seats movie theater seats and shit i don't remember why i was thinking about peewee the other day i think i saw some pictures of him and like he's not a bad looking dude he's not yeah i don't know i was just like so sad for him (laughs) i think my only issue with peewee is that his foundation is a little bit too white (laughs) and the blush is like so red it's like grandma red Right. right you need to um go sit Blend at the, a little at, bit go, go sit at the makeup counter at fucking macy's can somebody peewee. get peewee herman a fucking beauty blender for christmas <laughs> <laughs> motherfucker needs help i think it's because his only friend is elvira right they use the same shade <laughs> <laughs> shout out to elvira yo titties look fantastic girl i just saw you the other day on tv looking fucking great dude elvira has looked the same my whole ass life yep right good for you yeah Elvira's a cool kind of fame because she could take off all the shit and just like go about her business. She could go to the supermarket and shit. Yeah, that is cool. I also feel that way about Daft Punk. That's a really cool. Oh yeah, for level sure. Fame. They could just be walking down the street. Nobody knows. I wouldn't know a thing. <laughs> Sorry to this man. <laughs> I hate to say it. I hope I don't sound ridiculous. <laughs> we were gonna get so tired of us saying that, but I'm never gonna get tired of that shit. <laughs> Me either. I say that shit all the time. <laughs> my head like i'll just be like oh yeah sorry to this. <laughs> oh um okay so cuba gooding jr dude yeah so have you seen the picture of him with that kfc chicken bucket on his head yes what is that from i don't know man and i saw a video going viral of him at the club all fucked up did you see that is that the incident that he's being arrested for i don't know but he's screaming into a mic 
Oh, no, I haven't seen that. Oh, okay. I don't know what the fuck he's saying. He's all fucked up at this club, which Cuba Eugene Jr., what are you doing at a club, sir? Yeah, how you, old are you? And you are an Oscar-winning actor. Yeah. He, you know he got the Oscar at, like, the bottle service, like, at the table and shit. Everybody <laughs> comes by to look at it. No, man, he says something really crazy, like, somebody needs to suck this kid's dick. He's just, like, yelling at in what? into the crowd and stuff. Yeah, it's so what weird. Kid? I don't know. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> this is so inappropriate. Damn, he. I mean, word on the street is he's got problems allegedly. No, he does like, got lots problems. of drug, drug and alcohol problems. Right. But so, what's up with him? He's he's getting. He got arrested for. He turned himself in, right? Right. Okay, so he pled not guilty to the sexual misconduct charges, and then three additional women. Oh no, twelve new accusers oh, surfaced shit. with uh, sexual abuse allegations. The two charges he's facing right now are misdemeanors from the same accuser in regards to an incident that happened at a rooftop bar in June. At ta- oh, okay. oh, at Town Nightclub in L.A.? That's ghetto. Uh, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Ew. Okay, there's security camera footage of that event, I think. Really? And he's still pretty not, not guilty. Not the actual groping, but like the immediate before and after. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Somebody said he said for her to sit on his face. <laughs> <laughs> somebody said he tried to lift up her skirt and like shoved his hip his pelvis area onto him oh, no. uh, another girl said that he reached under her skirt wow oh. so it's all it's all the same it's all the similar same stuff. yeah it's like a mm. pattern of uh yep all right so that's his thing yeah that's super weird oh i see the groping for the one you're talking about mm-hmm. Ooh. He needs to get help. Yeah, he definitely needs help. He needs to get sober. Right. Get working. Like, start mm-hmm. working again. Or maybe he... D- Actually, let's not give this man a job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, don't give... He, he made his money. He's, he did snow dogs. Yeah, he, he did... What was the one on the cruise ship or something? <laughs> <laughs> he, yeah, he's got an Oscar. He can he could go away. Yeah, he could go away. But he does need to get sober, though, because it sounds like otherwise he's just going to keep doing this shit. Yeah, pattern of... Dis- path of destruction. Yep. Shout out to his brother Omar Gooding. Ooh, senior? <laughs> no. Uh, do you remember him? He was on. Do you remember that show when we were kids? It was on Nickelodeon. It was called like um, it was like a show where kids would have to do like obstacle courses, sort of. Okay. There were and so it, many of those when we were kids. I know it. Not Legends of the Hidden Temple. Oh, that was not, a bop. Family Feud, or what was that one called? Family Double Dare. Double Dare. That one was my favorite. Wild and Crazy Kids. Oh my god! I do remember that. Sometimes they would go in a mall and like run yes. through a mall. Those are tight. Why don't those still exist? I know kids with their fucking tablets and shit. Now. I know, man. Kids are so whack. <laughs> <laughs> Why y'all get jobs? <laughs> Do something with your life <laughs> instead of fuck around on TikTok, which I don't understand. Is it Vine? It looks like the same shit it to me. It looks like Vine. Then why did they shutter Vine? I don't know, man. It don't make it don't make no sense to me. Hey, you know what show of those I always wanted to go on? Guts. Oh, I don't remember guts. That's the one where at the end the two the two kids with the highest points would have to climb a mountain, sort of. Oh, that's tight. It was like American Gladiators for pups, but for kids. Yeah, that's cute. Yeah, that one was tight. Why is everyone else having such a good time when you're not? 
Why do they always leave you out? Do you look different? Is it some way you act? What makes you the outsider? The outsider. The one nobody asks. All right. What up, everyone? My name is Stephanie. And hey, guys, my name is May, and together we are El Club de Drama. <laughs> this is a podcast all about celebrity scandals, gossip, movies, film, life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness, apparently. Pending criminal charges against <laughs> former celebrities. <laughs> People we stand, people we stand who have disappointed us. Yeah, just some real ass shit. This is a real ass podcast. Yeah, you know what it is. It's my turn this week. All right, what you doing? I'm gonna do the story of the self-proclaimed rock and roll Joan of Arc, Sinead O'Connor. <gasps> I love this one. Yeah. Okay. Good. Um. <laughs> This one's also kind of heavy. Fuck. Actually, this I, I week I was like, man, maybe I'll do Dolly Parton, something light. Where she something doesn't really light, have right. fucking drama, you know? For this, I used an Atlantic article called The Redemption of Sinead O'Connor. I watched her behind the music. I browsed Ooh. Wikipedia and I went to church. Hey. <laughs> so Sinead was born in Dublin, the third of five children to Sean, who was a barrister, and Marie, who was a stay-at-home mom. What is, a bar- is that a lawyer or is that a judge? I don't really understand what it is. <laughs> I think it's like around that vicinity. Okay. Uh, she was born on December 8th, 1966. Her family was middle class, like typical Irish fam. Mm-hmm. Her parents separated when she was in grade school. Sinead has commented throughout the years of the type of abuse she suffered from her mother. Oh, shit. She accused her mom of hitting her almost every day, and her brother has confirmed that their mother was extremely violent, both emotionally and physically. But Sinead also says that she suffered sexual abuse. At the hands of her mother? She doesn't say specifically that it's her mother. Okay. But she says that she suffered sexual abuse. And we'll get to it right now. Okay. Okay, so Sinead prayed a ton as a kid, and she grew up like a very catholic irish family mm-hmm. she said that while she would pray all the time to get out of her house and to like kind of escape all of the abuse that she was suffering and that she had visions of spirits who told her that she was put on the earth to stop the kind of abuse that she suffered from and that's as a kid as basically? a kid she says i mean she says this as an adult but she says that right. this happened to her as a kid well, like imagine having that weight on your shoulders as a ch- as a young child, uh, as a young person. Yeah. yeah. In 1979, she went to live with her dad and his new wife after her dad sued for custody of her and her brother. Oh, her, just her and the her two? siblings. Sorry, her and her oh, siblings. Okay. Two years later, when she turned 15 years old, she was caught shoplifting, and that led to her being placed into an asylum for 18 months what this institution was called the magdalene laundry which is run by the catholic church who runs most schools in ireland uh-huh it's full of teenage girls that are judged too promiscuous or uncooperative for civil society oh my god speaking of this there's a show on netflix called dairy girls uh-oh that is no it is so fucking funny oh, okay. it's about it's about like girls about this age who go to like a catholic school for like w- girls like that uh-huh. and it's 
it's it's hilarious. Yeah, it's, there's there's two seasons. It's only like six episodes each. You can watch it in like I don't know. Oh, I got three watch hours. It. It's so funny, but you got to watch it with subtitles because you know how they fucking talk. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> so Sinead worked at the Magdalene Laundry in the basement, washing priests' clothes with bars of God soap. Damn it! I know. So not only is she at this school, but they're also like banished her to the fucking basement. Yeah. They studied constantly and they had no contact with her families. But one good thing that came from this asylum is that the nuns encouraged Sinead's interest in music and they bought her her first guitar. Oh, sweet. So she was able to focus on music writing and singing while living there, but she hated all of the rules and restrictions. And the nuns disciplined the girls severely and then they would send them off to sleep at the adjoining nursing homes if they were bad and whatever whatever that yeah was. whatever like, like what like smoking a cigarette exactly, or something you're talking back or uh, something yeah which you know they all did yeah and Sinead said that the terror of being sent off was kind of like constantly looming over them like they were always like warned mm, yeah and just fyi so i think that maybe she, the abuse the sexual abuse must have happened here she doesn't say that she never mm-hmm. says where it happened okay. but in 2011, one of the Magdalene laundries in Dublin was investigated and they found a mass grave with 22 unidentified bodies inside. I was going to say, there's a documentary about that. Yep. And it's really creepy. It's super creepy. And these institutions have been investigated by the United Nations Committees Against Torture. So, obviously, yeah, it must have been horrendous. Yeah. Fuck. So Sinead decided that she wanted to pursue putting together a real band while she was at the dis- at this asylum. And she was able to get out 18 months later and she started waitressing. Mm-hmm. And then in 1984, at age 18, she placed an ad in the newspaper and put together a band called the Tauntaun Makut. <laughs> Sinead dropped out of school to tour with this band around Dublin and they started getting a little following and they were getting positive reviews. They were inspired by world music, which led to a ton of attention because you didn't see that as much around the, at the time. In Ireland? Yeah, in or, Ireland. Or like in general? In general. Uh-huh. And Sinead's singing and overall stage presence, obviously. Yeah. Just like everybody was like, holy shit. Yeah, and she's got a fucking face like nobody's business. Seriously. <laughs> Sinead quickly was noticed by executives in the music in- industry and was signed by a small record label called ensign records who up until this point was known for signing the steve miller band the stylistics mm. and the boontown rats so they set her up with u2's former manager who had recently been fired by u2 for complaining about them in an interview <laughs> <laughs> damn i would have been fired in like five minutes too because i would tell be complaining about the edge how annoying do you think bono is oh god back then maybe not so much but now doesn't he seem so fucking like self-righteous and annoying of himself yeah Yeah. oh god if i was around him i'm sure i'd just like roll my eyes to death (laughs) (laughs) oh god so this dude was it kind of was a bad idea to set him up with Sinead because he talked shit and he was outspoken about politics and like he didn't give a fuck. And then Sinead just kind of followed in his footsteps. Like she was like uh-huh. starting. Yeah. She was like, all right, well, I'm going to be like him. Like this is my manager, you know? 
Yeah. And plus, she's like 18, 19, right? Yeah. So she's like mouthy. Everybody's mouthy at that fucking age yep, and shit. For sure. On February 10th, 1985, Sinead's estranged mother was involved in a car accident and she died. No. They hadn't spoken to each other in over four years, but Sinead attended the funeral with her siblings and she grieved heavily, saying that no matter what, she knew that her mother did love her and her siblings. Those kinds of deaths are always strange because you think to yourself, okay, so that person should be not relieved yes not not necessarily relieved but you're just like oh okay well that person's not here to hurt me anymore and that that pain is gone that but that part of my life is over i guess right but at the same time like that though yeah yeah and then it's also like it takes away your chance of ever having any sort of closure right it's just kind of like an ending yeah but not necessarily something that's finished i don't know yeah yeah it's true so it's like you once again can we get a psychotherapist up in here and and explain what the fuck this is 505-539-556 i'm surprised um no psycho psychologist or psychotherapist listen to this podcast because we we talk about a lot of like people with a lot of damage yeah that's true that's very true i'm surprised they don't study us in harvard to be be honest (laughs) and like what the fuck are you guys doing over there get your shit together um so she had just signed on that record label, but then her mom died. So she took time off to grieve and used the time to write some more music and then moved from Ireland to London to focus again on getting together an album. She got married for the first time right around now to her drummer, John Reynolds. Oh, never marry a drummer. They had been dating a month when she told him that she was pregnant and the record label as well as John freaked out collectively (gasps) oh my god and this is ireland right (gasps) sinead said that the record label sent her to go see a doctor who pressured her to have an abortion and then she was convinced that she was going to lose her record deal unless she had the abortion so she initially decided to go forward with it but later backed out at the last second okay so then her first son jake reynolds was born right before her first album dropped wow she was like 19 years old or something oh. when she had that baby. No, I think she was mm-hmm. 19 when she got married and like 20 when she had the baby. And oh, then nice. when she, and then in 1987, she's 21 and she dropped her first album named The Lion and the Cobra. And it was Oof. a fucking bop. Motherfucking bop. And she got nominated for a Grammy for Best Female Rock Vocal Performance. Ooh, well deserved. Everybody fucking was all over Sinead because she was so fucking unique. She had yeah. a shaved head. Her sh- She had shapeless clothing. She was super outspoken. She was a thousand percent an individual and people noticed her. Right. And Sinead said that she shaved her head as a way to speak out against the traditional views of women. And later then it became kind of like a trademark. So she kept it. And she says now she doesn't really feel like herself unless she has her head shaven. Hmm. And she, that's interesting. I didn't know she still had her head shaved. Yeah. Because she wears, sometimes she wears hijab. like, hijabs and stuff. Yeah. Right? Okay. And she said uh, in her behind the music, she said something funny like, in the late 90s, I, I would let it grow out a little bit, but then people co- would confuse me with Enya. So then I would shave it again. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Originally, I guess the record label asked her to grow her hair out long and to dress in like, more feminine clothing. Mm-hmm. So shaving her head was a way to show them that she would be the one to dictate her own Id- image and she wouldn't be taking their shit. And then the I re- want to, 
Oh, I, I just wanted to say that my favorite Sinead song is on that album, Troy. And uh, if you want to listen to that song, I suggest going on YouTube and listening to the live versions because it's just, just like do that real, with all of her songs. With all her songs, really, <laughs> honestly, yeah. It's just like, uh, what a live performer. Yeah. Just, wow. Um, so the record label producers say that when she walked into the studio with a shaved head, they were all like blown away because she's a fucking knockout. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's crazy. She's so beautiful. Has anyone ever looked that good with the shaved head ever? No, maybe Natalie no. Portman, but that's because they look so similar. Yeah, true. And then another huge thing that made her kind of stand out is that she was the complete opposite of the reigning pop star Madonna, who was like mm. uber sexual and putting it all out there. Right. Uh, Sinead's song Mandinka and I want I want your hands on me were huge hits, and then MC Light remixed I want your hands on me, and so she got like extra play around the time, so she was huge. Oh shit! Okay. Sinead said that she didn't really understand the enormity of what was happening to her at this time because it was her first album and it was huge. She was nominated for a Grammy. She was everywhere. Right. But she says looking back, she didn't really put two and two together until much later. She was just like on the road playing shows, cheating on her husband and shit. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Shaving her head and shit. That shit takes a lot of time. Trust me, I had a shaved head too. That shit is like... <laughs> yeah, you gotta do it in the every ass. other day, basically. Yeah. Sinead's second album... I do not want what I haven't got. <laughs> got her way more attention and released to super positive reviews. And this is the one with the breakthrough hit, the cover of Prince's song, Nothing Compares to You. Sinead said that she thought of her mother while singing this song. Oh my God. I know. I fucking love This is one of my favorite love songs of all time. W one of my favorite music videos also. Oh, let's talk more about the music video in a second. Okay. okay but yes beautiful music video i've watched it like 10 times this week <laughs> in 2014 just to fad fast forward a bit Sinead said that after this song came out prince called her and invited her over to his house because she had recorded the song without him and she had never met him before it came out and then it became a huge mm -hmm. hit wow so he called her to his house and allegedly started telling her that he was super proud of her and what she had done with the song but he didn't like how she talked in interviews and he didn't like that she cussed a lot. So Sinead said she told him to fuck off. <laughs> yes. Oh. Why would he? Wh who invites someone over to their house to talk shit? Prince, man. That's who. Doesn't and the motherfucking like queen him? of England. Like, yeah. <laughs> Damn. To be a, a fly on the wall in that conversation. Imagine. Wow. Okay, so this song was remixed by Public Enemy, and Sinead was everywhere. She was asked to perform with Pink Floyd in Berlin. She was asked to appear on all these different TV shows. She was constantly on MTV. She won a shit ton of Grammys that year, and you know she didn't. She act. She was so cool about everything. Like she was like whatever. Like she showed up to the Grammys in sunglasses and like a T-shirt. You know. Yeah. Didn't she show up to also the American Music Awards and like. Uh, big ass baggy jeans yes and just like a like a crop top yeah <laughs> at the same time her marriage was pretty much over because she was constantly on the road and she was seeing less and less of her son <gasps> who was he he was with the dad um the dad yeah but i thought he was in in her band originally but not anymore okay, okay. In 1990, she released her third album called Am I Not Your Girl, which was a bunch of covers and had pretty poor reviews in comparison to her prior two albums. And that same year, she was nominated for another Grammy, but she voluntarily withdrew her name from consideration. And she said that this was because she had to assert her disdain to the materialism within the music industry. 
This is like when Fiona Apple won that VMA and she was like, the world is bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or like it reminds me of like Joaquin Phoenix talking shit about like Oscars and stuff. But then he shows yeah. up to the Oscars yeah. and stuff. So um, this is kind of everywhere when she did this because it's kind of a big ass deal, you know? Yeah, that's a big deal. She... It's like when Marlon Brando didn't show up to the Oscars. Yeah, definitely. She was saying that she thinks that artists should reject the materialism within the music industry because it ruins their work, it ruins music, and it ruins the world. Well, <laughs> I, I mean, some I, obviously it's not a blanket statement to say that's always true, but sometimes it's true. Like when artists lose touch, oh, yeah, when they yeah, get yeah. like too rich and stuff, like then their art starts to fucking suck. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> speaking of Kanye, did you see that he's making a movie no yeah it's i think it's gonna come out friday or something it's called jesus oh is king God. oh so after she dropped out of or withdrew herself from the grammy nomination she was set to play a show in new york but she refused to play the concert unless the stadium promised not to have the Na- united states national anthem played before her show the Performing Arts Center agreed, but this led to significant controversy. Mm-hmm. New York Senator Nicholas Spano urged the public not to attend the show, and then radio jockeys all over New York started banning her music from their stations, and it was all over the news and everything. Why the fuck would they want to? Why why would they play the anthem before a concert? That's what I was thinking anyway. with all this. Like I don't remember the last time I've been to a concert where they play the national anthem. Yeah. It's fucking weird. Yeah. In response, Sinead issued a statement saying that she has no disrespect for America or Americans, but she has a policy of not having any national anthems played before concerts because she feels that they have nothing to do with music in general. You're right. She then went on a rant about the censorship of music, which was kind of a hot topic at the time because two live crew had just been arrested in Florida for obscene lyrics during a concert. Right. So, yeah, she's not wrong. That's I feel like that's going to be a a theme throughout this throughout Sinead's story where you're like, damn, she right. No, like, she's not wrong. <laughs> yeah. But at the time, I guess. Yeah, I don't know I, what. Well, it was a different. It's actually kind of a long time ago. Yeah, it's 20, oh, 20 plus years ago. Yeah. Frank Sinatra stepped into the ring with this debacle and while performing at his own show in New York, publicly said that he wished he could sh- meet Sinead O'Connor so he could kick her in the ass. What a piece of shit for that one. Yes. Sinead responded on MTV a few weeks later, later saying, I think old Frank probably needs a bit of publicity, but I also think being kicked in the ass by him would be an honor. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. Yeah. So Sinead was kind of unbothered by the whole shit. And she was like, you know what? Fuck this. <laughs> and she went on to join the Parnell School of Music in Dublin to work on her singing. Oh. In 1991, she became pregnant, but she had an abortion after things didn't work out with that father. P.S. She's still married at this time. Oh, and she's also like still Not religious. S- yeah, she's still Catholic. Ooh. she then wrote a song called My Special Child about the experience about having an abortion. Wow. On October 3rd, 1992, Sinead was set to perform on SNL as the musical guest. She sang an acapella cover of Bob Marley's War from the 1976 Wailers album, Rastaman Vibration. That song is a motherfucking bop. I mean, like, most of Bob Marley, right? But, yeah. yeah. But that one is, like, it's, like... Uh, it's one of the best. Poetry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
But like you know, you know when people ask that that question, like, oh, what album would you take with you if you were on a diverted, deserted island? Mm-hmm. I always think like a Bob Marley one. Like you're never gonna get tired yeah. of it. Anyways, but uh, but it's too literal because you're like on an island, oh, yeah. like <laughs> the island. It's like I would take a Bob Marley album and a bottle of Malibu. No. <laughs> what's wrong with that why are you such a bitch oh my god you don't want to have a good time or what i, I bought one of those sopas maggie but the the cream like the cream of chicken one. Ooh, that sounds but bomb. I, they're they're so bomb i was craving it because like i grew up on that and then so like a couple nights ago i was like i'm gonna make that shit i started to make it but then i realized that you needed to have milk you need to add milk because oh, it's cream yeah you know but i didn't have any milk oh. but i had coconut milk oh that's a so, so i was like yo um, so i opened a can of coconut milk put that shit in there tasted like chicken malibu really pretty good nice yeah pretty good damn man you a fucking chef dude <laughs> <laughs> watch out bone appetit <laughs> bone after teeth bone apple teeth <laughs> all right so she's on snl she's performing uh war Mm-hmm. War is a song. It's an anti-apartheid song. Sinead changed the lyrics to represent the battle of abused youth rather than racial inequality by changing the lyric racism to child abuse. A queen. During the end of the song, while singing We Have Confidence in Good Over Evil, she held up a picture of Pope John Paul II and tore it up into pieces, tossing the tattered pieces directly at the camera while saying fight the real enemy wow the audience was completely silence completely silent (laughs) silence so at what is i remember reading or hearing that during the rehearsal she did it with somebody else's picture yeah okay so yeah so lone michael said the air literally went out of the studio and this was obviously fucking gigantic but yeah snl executives said they had no knowledge of sinead's plan because during dress rehearsal she had held up a photo of a refugee child and she hadn't changed the lyrics to the song and she didn't tear up the picture of the child or make any gestures so they were expecting her to hold up a picture but not of the pope and not right not to tear it up they didn't expect her to change the lyrics right or to say fight the real enemy Mm-hmm. NBC vice president of late night Rick Ludwin said that while watching the show, he literally jumped out of his chair. He worried about his back. Yeah. Personnel in the control booth said that they tried to cut away from the singer once she started tearing up the picture, but it was too late because everybody was just in shock for a second. Yeah. And by the time fuck. they were like, fuck, we have to do something. It was already over. Right. The New York daily news called the event a holy terror with NBC receiving more than 500 calls the next day and 400 more the following Monday. In total, NBC received 4,400 calls from viewers who criticized Sinead and the network for allowing this to happen. You know, this is hard because she's protesting something that is an epidemic and is... So significant and important. Yes. I And protest, I think, inherently or when it's most effective Spark a conversation right yeah. it's 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 messy it's bloody it's not i mean not bloody no because it doesn't necessarily have to be violent and it shouldn't but, be violent uh, right it shouldn't be violent but it's like it's it's ugly and it 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 like puts a finger in certain wounds and sparks people to action right and i think that this kind of 
checks all those boxes. Right. What I don't like about it, though, is in particular that this pope had been shot at. Yeah. You know, an assassination attempt. Yeah. And it's like when you also because when the I don't know this may but like our me and I grew up Catholic. Yeah. And like and, and JP2 he's very is huge to huge. especially to Latinos. Like, yeah. Uh, it's like it, it's not unusual to have this post picture picture in your house. No, and like, and I'll get to this, <sighs> but the picture that she ripped, it was her mom's that was in her mom's, like her literal, like literally, photo. her mom had this photo above her bed her whole life. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, so it's like because this pope had experienced violence against him. I don't know if it's safe to to, to make those to, kind of gestures. I, yeah yeah that's my i that otherwise like i'm i'm kind of with her I, yeah I, for sure I think, the message she was I trying it, to make right i think it works but just because of the violence that this pope had encountered i don't know it's if in bad i taste. would have done it yeah yeah so there it's were dangerous yeah I mean. definitely so there were rumors around the time that the fcc was trying to fine nbc but this had no merit because the fcc can't yeah. regulate ripping up a fucking picture right nbc since then edited out this part of the performance and it was never again aired on tv like famously Mm -hmm. it was never again aired until actually in 2010 on msnbc with rachel maddow maddow and now of course it exists 24 7 on youtube yeah lauren michaels later commented that the incident was quote on a certain level a betrayal but also a serious expression of belief which it's that's a that's a smart take Right. Yeah. Wow. The very following week, Joe Pesci was the host of SNL, who is a very, very Catholic Italian-American man Mm -hmm. with a big attitude. Yeah. (laughs) Joe held up the exact same photo of the Pope, explaining that he taped it back together, which led to huge applause from the audience. Mm -hmm. He also said that if it had been his show, he, quote, would have given her such a smack. Mm, I don't like that. He also held up a picture of Sinead and then tore that up into pieces. So how is that better? I don't know. You know? And finally, he ended by saying that JP2 forgave the man who shot him, and he's likely not bothered by Sinead's action, but she should watch out if she should want to deface any images of Italian popes. Oh. Yeah. It's it's so cheesy and just bad. And then, are you going to talk about Madonna? Yes. Okay. Catholic raised Madonna then appeared on SNL the same Mm -hmm. season, and after singing Bad Girl, she held up a picture of Joey Buttigieg. I can't even say it. <laughs> Joey Buttafuoco and said, "Fight the real enemy," and tore it up. I don't know how to feel about that because, on the one hand, it's really funny. Like yeah, I gotta get, Joey I gotta give it to you. The Joey Buttafuoco right. story too. Yeah, and also she's Catholic, mm-hmm. so or, or you know, and she's very, she's also like kind of with Sinead on that sort of fight of like fighting the oppression of like the Catholic Church. But oh, on the other hand. It's trivializing what Sinead did. Yeah. Yeah. Madonna also talked shit about Sinead in the press, famously saying, quote, I think there's a better way to present her ideas rather than ripping up an image that means a lot to other people, which I agree with, kind of. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The New York Times shaded Madonna after that, saying that she was just pissed because Sinead had stolen her spotlight because at this time, Madonna was promoting the book Sex and her album Erotica, trying to be controversial and making hella effort to do so when all Sinead did was rip a picture and she became fucking enemy number one yeah yeah that's true 
Two weeks following the incident, Sinead was set to perform at a Bob Dylan tribute concert in Madison Square Garden, and she was famously met with so, like boos and cheers, and it's like some cheers too. But the mm-hmm. noise was so loud that she couldn't start her song. So then she took off her mic, or she took off her earpiece, and she mm-hmm. just screamed over the audience a shouted rendition of the same Bob Marley song "War," and then she stopped right before getting to the part where she would have torn up the pope's picture mm-hmm. and then she famously walked off stage and collapsed and started crying it's, is that the same show where uh chris christopherson like hugs her yeah, he grabs her off stage yeah yeah Not, they're like Ugh. slightly off stage there's video of this right shout out to him for that yeah seriously so why did she do it right for months mm-hmm. I, I mean we all know why now but for months after the snl performance people spoke about the motives regarding this protest on TV. And she did spark a national conversation. You know, I think that's one of the reasons why this failed, I think, at the time. It's almost like if if you're not going to be clear with what your intentions are, it's like, then, then what was the point? It's also like, okay, so no one really dove deep into what she was talking about. People were mostly talking about what a moment this was in TV and like TV censorship, like Mm -hmm. artists as activists and women as activists, because a lot of people just grouped Sinead in with Madonna and tried to and like just thought that she was protesting like the Vatican's positions on women's rights Mm -hmm. since she is also an outspoken feminist. People just thought like, okay, well, Sinead's a single mother and Catholicism is so deep within Ireland. Of course, Mm -hmm. she's mad about like how they discourage contraception. They're against abortion. And she's kind of like an Mm -hmm. abomination in the eyes of the church. Right. Yeah. But so then everyone was conveniently overlooking the song she sang and the Mm -hmm. lyrics she replaced because she literally says child abuse. Yeah. One month after her performance, Sinead gave an interview in Time magazine and said that she wasn't protesting the Pope himself, but the office and the symbol of the organization manifesting in child abuse in Ireland. She said, quote, in the schools, the priests have been beating the shit out of the children for years and sexually abusing them. The people of Ireland are controlled by the church, the very people who authorize what's being done to them. Mm hmm. She also said that she had prayed so much that when she was a child that she talks about like how she remembers seeing spirits and like that it was her duty to like try to stop this type of child abuse that she suffered as a child. Yeah. But even the interviewer in time was kind of confused about the connection that Sinead was making between the church and child abuse. So then Sinead started talking about how when she was sent to school, she was beat up and that nobody did a thing about it. And that as she grew up, she learned that her mother had also been a victim of abuse, both in school mm-hmm. and at home. And obviously she kind of blames the church for this cycle of abuse. Yeah, it's, it was institutional. Of course. <laughs> and just for reference, the Catholic Church controlled 93% of all schools in Ireland. Yeah, that's too much yeah so Sinead is saying like the abuse is isn't a failure within the system it's the system itself like how you're saying right oh Sinead so I feel for you girl so then in this interview Sinead is when she says like that picture is the picture that was on my mom's wall quote since the day the fucker was enthroned in 1978 (laughs) 
So ripping up his that picture specifically was also a symbol of her own personal history of abuse and trying to break that cycle. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, people just didn't know what Sinead was talking about. And she didn't explain it, I guess, as well as we needed her to or the public needed her to. I don't know. But like, also, it's like people weren't ready to have that conversation. Exactly. So you ca- you can't have a meaningful conversation about that if some if the person you're talking to has their fucking fingers in their ears. Exactly. Everybody kind you know? of conveniently wants to turn a blind eye. Yeah. Especially because what we know now is so fucking horrendous. Yeah, it's horrifying. Yeah. And, oh, it makes me so fucking mad and sad and just oh. it's so it leaves like the worst taste in your mouth. Yeah. And I also think that it was kind of easy for people to dismiss her because she's Sinead O'Connor, because they're like, mm-hmm. what the fuck does this grumpy drunk singing girl know? You know, like they're just yeah. kind of like, oh, whatever. Yeah. And also it's also like she's bald. Yeah. So it's like it, it's easy to especially back then. Like she's for radical. Someone, right. Who doesn't look like the norm to be like, oh, she's a freak. Yeah, exactly. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. The SNL event pretty much ended Sinead's international career. Like it's, Fuck. it's fucking crazy how like, I don't Little. think, yeah. <laughs> like I can't emphasize like how huge this was. Yeah. Cause I think like we've all seen it play out so many times now, like us, mm-hmm. our, our generation. Cause every time there's like a fucking shocking countdown show, countdown down show yeah. you always see them bring this up, but it was like fucking huge. It, she had been front and center. She was multi Grammy nominee. Every time she dropped an album, she was getting nominated for Grammys. She was mm-hmm. always t- top of Billboard chart. And after this, people were just unwilling to acknowledge her as much, unwilling to give her much airtime whatsoever. Yeah. Plus, in the Atlantic article, they said that right around this time, also the cranberries were blowing up. So they had oh. a they had a new so Irish you're... pixie girl to love. <laughs> True. And Dolores O'Reard and just be yodeling and shit. Right? Kind of like Yeah. Yep. Shout out to Dolores. We all fell for it. Yeah. <laughs> R.I.P. Sinead then, in response to all the backlash, issued a statement saying that she was retiring from music and she moved back to Dublin. I feel like Sinead needs to live somewhere else, man. Not Dublin? Yeah, not Dublin. <laughs> After the Bob Dylan concert, a rally in New York was held where piles of her records, tapes, and CDs were crushed by a steamroller, and Sinead fell into severe, severe depression. After being more vocal about the abuse that she had suffered at the hands of her mother, she said that a lot of her family turned their back on her for speaking out about it. What? So she was in a super dark place, and at this time, she's still married to john oh her first husband and he's actually seems like a good guy he like had her move in with him he urged her to go to therapy which she did and you know he she started seeing more of her son which helped her just get better a a little bit effectively better right yeah so then she came out of retirement and dropped her next album in 1994 entitled universal mother it wasn't a huge hit but it did get uh Notice for her music video Fire on Babylon, which is really amazing. Mm -hmm. And then she went on tour with Lollapalooza in 1995, but she dropped out because she got pregnant with her daughter, Royson, who was Mm -hmm. born later that year. Not to, not to John. (laughs) No. Okay. Not to her. Even though, even though that's still her husband. (laughs) Yeah. Right around this time they did get divorced. Okay. 
Royson was fathered by Irish journalist John Waters, not to be confused with <laughs> actor John Waters. <laughs> Actually, when I read that, I had to look that up. I was like, wait. <laughs> Hold up. <laughs> it's not John Waters that I'm thinking about. I love John Waters. I know. He's tight. But anyway, so this Irish John Waters and Sinead then entered into a super long custody battle after their daughter was born. And Sinead ended up losing and her daughter grew up with Waters. So at that time, is Sinead, I mean, why does she lose custody? Was she uh, like showing signs of instability or something? I think she does. And I think especially we're in like 95 right yeah just uh-huh. like i think her prior like the image that yeah. people yeah i don't know i just think like even the ripping up the pope thing you don't think that he could bring that up and be like she's unstable like yeah the, especially in Ireland. yeah like the daughter needs to grow up with me you know mm-hmm. i mean i think so yeah. i mean i don't think that's necessarily right but right i could see right. how somebody could win that case mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The very same year, Sinead called into the television show After Dark, which is a BBC late night discussion program. It ran in like the 90s. Mm-hmm. And she asked the producers if she could appear in order to discuss the Catholic Church and the abuse that she was trying to talk about years prior. They allegedly set it all up and sent a taxi, taxi over to her house. But true to her attitude, she didn't arrive until 10 minutes before the show was set to end. Oh. And then she argued on set for like half a second about how the church was refusing to accept the victim's statements, which was true, but whatever merit her arguments had were overshadowed by her lateness and just the overall lack of professionalism. That is so unfortunate. It's really unfortunate. And it really, like if you're going to, I think if you're going to take up this mantle, yeah, if you're going to be the, by your own choosing to be like the poster child for this, like the whistleblower, Right. I think that you have to assume the responsibility and be the best advocate that you can be. Yeah. Like, like, don't you owe that to the victims? Yeah. But I mean, it's not her fault. It's not her fault. But it's unfortunate. It's super unfortunate. And it really bothers me, too, with Sinead is that the media and people, they like to point the finger at her and call her aggressive and angry. Mm -hmm. And I do. I do like she is but but wouldn't you be no right yeah like she is and i hate to say that but yeah she's she's a passionate advocate yeah and i don't think they would be saying the same things if she was a man oh true and i don't think we would be having the same conversation you know that the Mm -hmm. way they kind of like painted this picture of who Sinead was yeah because of her outspokenness Mm -hmm. in the late 1990s Sinead got a renegade Irish bishop to ordain her as a priest. That's right. I I remember she would do interviews with the caller and shit. Yes. But the Catholic Church obviously said this is invalid, not only because she's a woman, but also because this is, quote, clearly bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> After she was ordained, Sinead told the public that she wished to be called Mother Bernadette Mary. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that isn't that Whoopi's name and sister? <laughs> um, she said that she did this because she needed to work from the inside to help the church and to make the church good again. But obviously, nothing really panned out with this, except like May said, you kind of saw her wearing clerical collars around interviews yeah. and shit. This is like super unfortunate. I mean, she looked dope though. <laughs> May, <laughs> it's because she's bald and shit too. 
Yeah. <laughs> and she'd like smoke cigarettes always when she's wearing that. <laughs> and her accent's so dope. Yeah. She's got a thick Irish accent. In the 2000s, Sinead got really into having kids and getting married a few more times. Whoa. I didn't know. I actually didn't even know she had kids. Yeah. In an interview with Curve Magazine in the year 2000, Sinead made some controversial comments regarding her sexuality. She said, quote, I'm a dyke. Is dyke derogatory? Oh, yeah. Not if you're a dyke. Like, but for me to say it, is it derogatory? (laughs) I'm asking, like, should I not say that? Uh, no, I think it's okay. 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 So Sinead said, quote, I'm a dyke. Although I haven't been very open about that throughout most of my life. And I've gone out with blokes because I haven't been comfortable about being a big lesbian. But right after that interview came out, she got a lot of heat for it. And she had to give another interview saying, sorry, I was just overcompensating by declaring myself a lesbian. And really, I was trying to, quote, make someone else feel better. What? I don't know. I don't know what that what means. The fuck? It's shady though. It's shady. I love it. <laughs> okay, girl. <laughs> Shit. She said, I hope she said I'm a dyke while we're in that clerical. <laughs> that would be iconic. I'm, more fa- I'm fascinated by the term big lesbian too. <laughs> Yeah, because she's a skinny person. So that that's like mean? a regular lesbian. Yeah. A super size. I'm lesbian. a thin lesbian. I'm a, a big ass lesbian. In 2001, Sinead had her second marriage to British, British journalist Nick Summerlad. They divorced in 2004, the same year that she had her third child, Shane. Shane was fathered by Irish musician Donald Lunny. This is starting to get confusing. Damn, so like everybody's never by her husband at the time. The (laughs) (laughs) The babies are always by somebody else. (laughs) What the fuck? Yo, Loki, that's very feminist. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. We don't deserve Sinead. I hope, she fucking, I hope she makes i hope she's like i'm pregnant <laughs> to her husband and tells him like i'm pregnant by somebody else while wearing a clerical collar <laughs> we'll make it work baby what is the uh male equivalent of a side bitch is it still a side bitch bitch is universal right i think it's peace oh side piece okay yeah I love a side piece like I KFC. <laughs> <laughs> Two piece in a biscuit. That's how I live my life. Right? That's what I'm talking about. Okay, so yeah, Shane was fathered by her side piece Irish musician Donald Lunny. In 2006, she had her fourth child with a man named Frank. <laughs> That's all information I had about that baby. Okay, shout out to you, Frank. Okay, so on July 22nd, 2010, Sinead was married for a third time to her friend, Australian musician Steve Cooney. But they quickly separated the following year. And then in 2011, she got married for the fourth time to Irish therapist Barry Herridge. I hope that wasn't her therapist. I don't think it was. Okay. Um, They lived together for seven days and then filed for annulment. Okay. In July 2007, Sinead gave an interview with a magazine called Christianity Today, where Mm -hmm. she proclaimed that she was, yes, still a Christian. Oh, no, she she proclaimed that she was now a Christian. 
And she said yeah. that her faith gave her the strength to live through and overcome the effects of her own child abuse. Okay. Okay. So things are sounding promising, I guess. A little bit. Yeah. Okay. So then in 2009, there was this lengthy report called the Irish Child Abuse Commission, which detailed cases of sexual abuse of thousands of children over 70 years. I'm going to like gloss over this. Okay. Maybe I should have mm-hmm. given a trigger warning with this one. I forgot. Yeah. Um, Watch the movie Spotlight. Seriously. Although Spotlight is about America, mostly. America. Yeah. yeah. Although, obviously, there's overlap. But anyways, okay. The Irish Child Abuse Commission detailed the cases of sexual abuse of thousands of children over over 70 years within the Catholic Church and within Catholic schools run from the 1930s all the way through the 90s. Wow. It detailed the efforts the church took in concealing the abuse and protecting the priests. And it was later used by the government to try and prosecute as many priests as they could. But nothing was able to come of it in terms of prosecutions, mm-hmm. although it was seen as this gigantic expose. Once again, if you watch Spotlight, it's very similar. You know that I don't know how because I went to Catholic school. I don't know how I ended up doing this, but like a couple weeks ago, I you could like I found that on the Internet, at least for the los angeles archdiocese you can do it for the san bernardino i already know what you're gonna say because i've done it for the san bernardino one also you can like look up your church or your school or whatever and then see all the priests that have been accused of some sort of sexual misconduct and it was like chilling right yeah yeah creepy the irish government and the church contributed to compensation funds for the victims and families of the victims i don't care how much it is it's never enough Mm -hmm. it's not going to be enough Pope Benedict the Sixteenth, remember that fool? Mm-hmm. Where you at? He's, he's running he's, laps on the fucking Vatican he's grounds. In, he's in they uh, showed his him the condo, other day. wearing Prada shoes. <laughs> they showed him re- jogging the other day, like on the. I'm serious, like on the grounds of the Vatican. Pope Benedict the Sixteenth summoned the Irish bishops to the Vatican following the release of the report, and the Vatican then released a pastoral letter letter on march 20th 2010 addressing the catholics of ireland the pope said he was truly sorry to the harm done and to those who suffered sinful and criminal abuse at the hands of priests brothers and nuns he acknowledged the mistakes but did not ask for the resignation of the cardinal of ireland which most people thought that they were going to Mm -hmm. so the letter was received to mixed reviews obviously some survivors said they did feel like it was it brought them some closure while others said what I'm thinking, which it's too little, too late, not enough action. Not enough at all. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, is a letter is nothing. Yeah. yeah. On March 26, 2000, a letter, but the, I think uh, some of the people that said they did feel closure said that they felt closure just by the fact that the Pope was acknowledging it too. Like that was a big thing for them, which is awful that that's a big thing for them. Yeah. You know, cause imagine how this affected your whole life. And not only your your life, but also your faith, which is like a beautiful thing. Yeah. I'm sure that it shakes both things to its core. And then how does it affect the way that you treat and bring up your own children? And it's like it's exactly. like generational trauma. Yeah, exactly. Ugh. On March 26th, 2010, Sinead spoke to Anderson Cooper about the Catholic sexual abuse scandal that had just like came out in Ireland. The same week, she published an opinion piece in the Washington Post calling the Vatican a nest of devils and outlining her time as a teenager in the Catholic asylum where she spent her youth. After Pope 
Francis was elected, Sinead gave another statement saying, quote, I wish everyone the best and I don't know him, so I'm not going to rush to judge him. But he has a scientifically impossible task because the Catholic Church is drowning in a sea of conditional love and it can't survive. She said she believes the office of the Pope itself is anti-Christian and the idea that Christ needs a representative is laughable and what we need to do is rescue God from religion. Hmm. I think that Sinead fights with her own faith most Mm -hmm. of her life, you know? Yeah. And we kind of just see it played out like in a super aggressive way because she's just an aggressive person. She's definitely Catholic and Christian most of her life, believing in God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, but doesn't, I mean, obviously hates the structure of the church itself and what it's done to her and to a lot of people. Which it, which is understandable. There's nothing out of left field no, about no, that. No, but you she's know? misunderstood. hmm Okay. Miley Cyrus in 2013. What? I know this is not to jump guns, but like Miley Cyrus in 2013 gave an interview to Rolling Stone saying that her music video Wrecking Ball was inspired by Sinead's music video Nothing Compares to You. How sway? I, I would like to insert a gigantic eye roll. Miley Cyrus is a queen. You don't slander her. <laughs> Shut up, hobo. Are you drunk? Sinead then responded to Miley in an open letter which she published on her own website Sinead warned Miley of the treatment of women in the music industry and the role of sexuality and the most interesting part is where she says quote and this is to Miley the message Uh you keep sending is that it's somehow cool to be prostituted it's so not cool Miley it's dangerous Women are to be valued for so much more than their sexuality. We aren't merely objects of desire. I would be encouraging you to send healthier messages to your peers that they and you are worth more than what is currently going on in your career. I don't like that. Okay, this is like the first time I think I'm like, but you're wrong, Sinead. Yeah, because it, that's that's the problem of the not of the of the woman that's expressing her sexuality. That's the prog- the problem of the viewer that's viewing them in this very narrow thing that this is o- the only thing that she is. Right. I don't like uh, most criticisms of like women expressing their sexuality. Uh, that just like yeah. pisses me off. Women to women, mm-hmm. men to women, like women are. Right. Sec- we are sexual beings. That's why we mm-hmm. are fucking here. Like, yeah, I don't like that. Yeah. Miley responded to the open letter in a tweet saying, quote, before Amanda Bynes, ellipses. <laughs> I don't know I'm saying it now. Because the first time I said it, that shit was funny, and now I just keep saying it. That shit is so funny. There was, and then she added a picture of Sinead O'Connor. Okay. But that's fucking rude, because Amanda Bynes is going through something, Miley. You fucking irresponsible. Oh, this was in- Yeah, 2013. Oh. Wow. Okay. So then that kind of blew over. Whatever. Wendy William talked about it. I watched that shit on YouTube. <laughs> then in August 2017, Sinead came back to the public's attention when she posted a 12-minute video on her Facebook page crying hysterically, oh, yeah. saying that she had lost custody of her 13-year-old son and she wanted to kill herself for the past two years. This is so scary. It was really, really scary. She then appeared on Dr. Phil the following month in order to help, quote, destigmatize mental illness. 
a lot of Sinead too talking kind of makes her look unhinged because she talks so fast and she says so much like mm-hmm, it's it's mm-hmm. all like ranting yeah and like it just kind of makes her look bad mm-hmm. but it's not what she says isn't necessarily wrong mm-hmm. in october 2018 Sinead publicly announced that she had converted to islam in a ceremony that was conducted in ireland she then how many uh <laughs> conversions how- yeah, how many conversions do they have? You think they have in Ireland? How many fucking how many mosques do you think? There it's like are a in, speakeasy in mosque too. Like it's it's <laughs> behind a Catholic church or something. <laughs> you gotta have the password. Yeah, <laughs> the password is Inshallah. <laughs> <laughs> no, the pass the password is Habibi. The ca- yeah Habibi. She also changed her name to Shuhara David. Oh, that's fire. she thanked her fellow Muslims on Twitter for their support. And now, like you were saying, we often see her wearing a hijab. Later that year, Sinead tweeted that people who were not Muslims were disgusting. Oh, no. She said, quote, what I'm about to say is something so racist, I never thought my soul could ever feel it. But truly, I never want to spend time with white people again, if that's what non-Muslims are called. Not for one moment, not for any reason. They are disgusting. She's like Gina Rodriguez. <laughs> do, you, do you not know what you are, girl? The whites. They're at it again. <laughs> girl. I'm going to just start talking hey, shit about Salvadorians here. Does she have... Does she, does she have... Is she an alcoholic or something? I'm not going to not assume that she doesn't have drinking problems. Uh, okay. I don't want to be stereotypical of, like, Irish people of either, Irish you know? people? No. But... But it, does she go to rehab she's got all the ingredients. Like yeah. Um. No, she's. I never saw that she ever okay, went to rehab. Okay. Because she also has like a like her face is bloated sometimes. Mm-hmm. I just think she's older. She actually doesn't uh-huh. look bad. She looks like a woman uh-huh. who's like forty seven mm-hmm, or whatever. Mm-hmm. She just doesn't do like work, you know, to mm-hmm, herself. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Sinead then stepped back like a few weeks later, saying that she only tweeted those things in an effort to force Twitter to close down her account. You know, you could just cancel close your it account. Down. <laughs> she apologized in 2019, saying that it wasn't true at the time and it isn't true now. She was triggered as a result of the Islamophobia she was facing, and she apologized for all the hurt that her words may have caused. This is like on Seinfeld. Remember when uh, Brian Cranston is that the, the dentist? dentist? Yeah. Yeah, who converts to Judaism and now he can start saying Jewish uh, stuff, Jewish yeah. jokes, like anti-Semitic jokes. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, "Oh, now that I'm now that I'm Muslim, yeah, yeah, <laughs> time to start being spicy." <laughs> <laughs> so that's basically where we're at with Sinead O'Connor, a woman with a very powerful voice. So she's okay. Um, she's okay-ish, I think. Mm-hmm. obviously there's a lot we don't hear about her now as much because she's not mm-hmm. in the public eye as much she doesn't make music as much she does still perform live shows mm-hmm. i just saw a really beautiful performance she's wearing a hijab and she does nothing compared mm-hmm. to you live it's amazing wow yeah that's on youtube somewhere mm-hmm. so that's Sinead o'connor good job Steph. thank you i love this story man like it's such a complicated misunderstood woman yeah and like falling short often right yeah and it's like frustratingly so like 
she's she's flawed i yeah. mean just just like all of us and maybe she could have flown under the radar if she wouldn't have taken up that mantle you yeah know? but good for her for doing it i mean like it yeah. takes a lot of a lot of courage a lot of bravery yeah also if she i don't know like if she just had a stable per, like i don't know like someone who cared about her a partner or like someone in her career that maybe supported her maybe she she would have been more successful in what she was trying to achieve. Yeah. Both both in like her in her activism and in her career, honestly. No, definitely. What could have been? All right, guys. Well, that was this week's another dark drama club. Yeah. Hit us up on Instagram and Twitter if you want to cry at drama club pod. <laughs> Hit us up on the website dramaclubpod.com and on our Gmail, dramaclubpod at gmail.com. On the hotline, 505-539-0556. Buy a sticker. Leave us a review wherever you listen to yeah. podcasts. Send us a postcard at P.O. Box number 27433 LACA90027. And we'll talk to you on Monday for a brand new Afternoon Delight episode. Bye. Bye. However, whatever with your helmet.